Welcome to the Next Level Leadership Small Business Owner Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Vizanar. In this podcast, you'll learn the strategies, processes, and mindset to take you, your teams, and your organization to the next level. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Ben Wiesenau. I recently had the pleasure of sitting down with Michael Eckstein, and we discussed some of the accounting basics that help small business owners run a more successful business. For those of you that don't know who Michael is, Michael is an accountant, business advisor, and the owner of Eckstein Advisory. He helps small business owners transform their companies from jobs with low pay, long hours, no benefits, into a successful lifestyle business by making them more profitable, smoothing out their cash flow, and tackling everyday money issues. He's been quoted by the Associated Press, Forbes, U.S. News and World Report, and Crane's New York Business. So, if you're a new business owner, some of the things we discuss, you're going to want to implement immediately. And if you're a seasoned business owner, this could just be the episode that you need to get you refocused on some of the accounting best practices that maybe you moved away from. And with that, let's listen in on the conversation. So, Michael, welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you. Thanks for having me, Ben. Awesome. Now, for our listeners that don't know who you are and what it is that you do, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do and who you serve? So I'm an accountant slash business advisor. I live in the New York City area in Queens, and I help small business owners tackle compliance issues, but also help them grow their businesses. So it's not just you see me once a year, we do taxes, but we check up, talk once a month and try and overcome issues that no one really wants to help small business owners with. Awesome. Now, and when you say, you know, like issues that no one wants to help small business owners with, and uh, I know we had a previous conversation, we talked in depth about, uh, you know, small businesses and some of the struggles that they have, but what, what type of issues uh, do you commonly see, or when you talk about, you know, just helping small business in general, uh, you know, attack these issues that no one wants to talk about, what are they exactly? Yeah. From what I see with my clients, there's a lot of things that kind of fall between the cracks. You go to an accountant for taxes. You know, maybe you have a lawyer for contracts. But then there's all these things in between that no one ever tells you. Like when you open an LLC or a corporation or whatever, no one sends you a manual on how to run your business. No one explains, you know, how to set your prices even. You know, when you should be sending invoices, how to set money aside for expenses or for retirement. And... You know, not knowing all these things really hurts a lot of small businesses. Oh, no doubt about it. I think, uh, and I, I talk about it quite a bit, that small business owners unfortunately have to wear a lot of hats. And that's, that's yeah. really where they struggle, you know, is uh, they try to be the accountant, they try to be the lawyer, they try to be the HR person, the payroll person, uh, and all those mm-hmm. things. And, and, and they don't do any of them very well, unfortunately. And they tend to yeah. struggle. Uh, and I know we talked a little bit in depth about our previous a previous interview that I had with, with Mike McCallowitz on Profit mm-hmm. First, and that's really one of the things I really wanted to get into. I know you talked about a lot of things that slipped through the cracks, and I definitely want to touch on all those. But mm-hmm. me and you kind of talked a little about profitability and revenue. What type of what type of things are you seeing out in the market with that, and and what type of uh, approaches do you can you know bring to your clients or con, you know consult towards to help them generate more revenue and more bottom line? A lot of what I see is you know. 
I want to call them accidental business owners, where they kind of got into business, they got starting, they got started, and they just kind of kept running with it just to, you know, make ends meet. And they never really checked if their business was profitable. Like, for example, I have one guy, he came to me, a client, and I asked him, do you know if you're making money on certain services? No idea. But he's been providing them for years. You know, so I think there's a lot of issues with just knowing if you are profitable. I would agree with that 100%. It sounds like common sense, but it's shocking Mm -hmm. at how many people don't know like you said, if, if a particular item or if any of the items or services that they offer are profitable. So how do how does a business owner determine if they're profitable? Let's, let's kind of dig into that a little bit. I think there's a few steps to it. The first step is to really just take advantage of your accounting. You know, some business owners see it as you just do your bookkeeping once a year so you can figure out how much tax you owe to the IRS. But really, the accounting is there for you. It gives you details and data on your business that you can't get anywhere else. And it lets you, you know, gives you insights. And without it, you can't really tell if you're profitable. You know, I see a lot of people, they do their accounting once a year before their tax return is due, you know, in either March or they've extended it into September and they do it right beforehand. But that means they go for a full year without knowing if they actually profited. So the first step is do your accounting. And see what it tells you. You know, you don't have to be an accountant. You don't have to go, you know, be great at math, go to accounting school or whatever to be able to look at your profit and loss every single month for five minutes and notice you know, basic trends. Like, oh, wow, my revenue is really low this month. Or why is this expense so much higher than usual? And those are things that really help you remain profitable. So how does, and, and I think that's probably where a lot of people go wrong and and I'm guilty of it as well. When I was a younger business person, Uh, you know, if I had money in the bank, then I thought I was profitable. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the year, you know, I'm guilty of it. I would do my, I do my taxes, you know, on on April 14th, or like you said, push it back as far as the government will let me. And Mm -hmm. I remember going to my accountant and saying, you know, he said, you got X amount of dollars of profit this year. And I said, well, I don't have that much in the bank. You know, what happened to my profit? <laughs> and he, mm-hmm. and uh, he said, just spin it. You know, so there's a there's a difference, I think, between uh, or at least what small business owners believe. And when we talk about profit and what revenue is, so maybe we should back up and maybe talk a little bit about that, you know, because uh, I believe that we think all year and we can get into taxes. Right. That's a whole nother conversation, uh, especially when you have to talk about, you know, quarterly and, and paying your income throughout the year. But but profit and revenue are, can, can be a couple of different things, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, how, yeah. How, what do you recommend you know, for a new business owner? How, how, what's a, just some basic P&L type uh, suggestions you would give a new business owner perhaps? Okay. So with the P&L, you know, most people agree on what revenue is. There's a few slightly different nitpicky definitions, but it's all the money that comes into your business is revenue. The problem is with profit. Profit can mean different things to different people. It can depend on what kind of entity you have. It can depend on the basis you're preparing your accounting reports on. It can depend on a whole bunch of things. And some of the miscommunication is accountants will use it one way. And normal business owners think of it differently. You know, you think of it as the excess money in the bank. 
whereas an accountant may be something saying something slightly different. Uh, the important thing with profit is that you just to say it basically, I guess, profit is the excess money that you have after paying your living expenses. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a good definition. That's that's kind of how I look at it. It's what you got, you know. If you pay for everything, it's what you got left over. Um, yeah. All right. So so when we have a you know P and L sheet, um, mm-hmm. do you? I know I'm kind of old school. I used to uh, I used to deal with an old ledger. I remember like one of my first businesses, and that's because my mother and my father both owned businesses, and that's how they they kept track of their you know their mm-hmm. expenses. And so old school pencil green, you know, two tone green ledger. Yeah. Of course, now we're in a computer age and everything's a lot, a lot more in depth. But uh, what do you recommend for new business owners as far as tracking that P&L? Do you have maybe a, some software you suggest or maybe a process of some sort? Yeah. So for very, very new business owners, you just started up. You've got less than 10 transactions a month. You're not ready for software or you don't want to pay for the software. You can still get away with you know, doing it in an Excel sheet or a Google sheet. The problem with doing that is, it's time consuming and it's hard to catch errors in it because there's no natural method of looking for mistakes. So once you start having a lot of transactions, it starts becoming, you know, incredibly time consuming and you don't really, you know, you're prone to error. Uh, after you graduate from that, there are a handful of software options. If you listen to a lot of podcasts, you've probably heard about FreshBooks. They advertise on a bunch. Uh, if you're in the U.S., you've heard of QuickBooks Online. But one I really like and I think is very uh, small business owner friendly is Zero. And that's X-E-R-O instead of what is Z. I think it's easier to use in other softwares. You know, my issue with QuickBooks is it always seems to be a little bit buggy. And it kind of makes you believe you did everything right while it's creating mistakes on the back end. But, you know, with Zero, you just hook it up to the bank accounts like you would with QuickBooks or FreshBooks. And you enter the transactions, enter information as they come in, and you can keep a lot of detail in there. Another thing that's nice about these accounting softwares is of, you know, an Excel sheet is you can also connect them to other software. So, for example, you need a more robust invoicing or you need time tracking. You can have all of them tie back into the accounting software. So it really makes it more powerful. It's not just about tracking, you know, profit for taxes. It's about being able to intelligently run the whole business. Excellent. That's X-E-R-O, correct? Zero? X-E-R-O, yes. X-E-R-O. Uh, cool. I'll check that out. I'm, I'm actually not familiar with that. I've, I've used, the, I mean, probably half a dozen different ones over the years. I, I remember using Microsoft Money way back when and kind of doing like mm-hmm. you're talking about just downloading. Had a business bank account, downloaded that account. Explore it to you know Excel sheet and mm-hmm. and send it categorize it send it to my account and it, it was very easy software is up there but I, I think you're right if you're a smaller business just starting out you know like the ten or ten or less transactions you probably don't need to spend the yeah. money on on software you can track that by hand once you start getting employees yeah. and a bunch of other stuff it can get it can get really complicated quickly right yeah it's just really quick it'll get out of hand and a small mistake here or there. You know, realistically, if you forget an expense, you know, and you hand your accountant your profit and loss and all your reporting, they don't know you pay that money. They weren't there when you were, you know, charging on your card. And the report doesn't say it. They have no idea it happened. So you missed the deduction. 
Yeah. Also, when you look at your reports, it looks like you're more profitable than you actually are. So the mistakes, they kind of add up and they, they get you in a little way. Oh, don't, yeah. Don't even get me started on, uh, on deductions and mistakes, which, which kind of leads us maybe off. We may have to circle back, but so as an accountant and some of the services you provide, and I already know the answer and I, I can, I could probably just ask the question and answer it because that's from my personal experience. I can tell you how this has gone <laughs> for me, but the, would you recommend, you know, especially maybe at a certain point in your business, I know a lot of people do, like you said, they go wait, they wait to the very end of the year, but having an mm-hmm. accountant, you know, even if it's an external accountant such as yourself, help you with your books on a monthly basis. Have you mm-hmm. found in your experience that that tends to help that person, not just throughout the year, track their profitability and, and maybe tweak things and become more profitable, but find those deductions at the end of the year and help them with, you know, reduce taxes and things like that. Yeah. You know, if you asked me a few years ago, I would have said, you know, maybe sometimes and maybe not other times, but more often than not, I see when business owners prepare their own reports, their own accounting, something always slips through the cracks. And it's not so much the business owner's fault, you know, they aren't trained accountants. It's the software or a misunderstanding of what they categorize something as. To give one example, I have a client, he actually runs a retail business down the street from my office, we're friends, everything, and he does his own bookkeeping. End of the year, he sends me the reports, and I'm looking at it, and there's no payroll expense at all. It's as if he didn't pay payroll the entire year, but I know he's got employees. I've visited his store. <laughs> right? Right? It ended up ha- happening that there was fifty or sixty thousand dollars of payroll expense, not to mention the taxes and stuff that had to get paid on top of it, uh, running the payroll through like a paycheck and ADP or whatever, and it's a big expense to go missing. You know, it, it was in there, but he put it on the wrong thing and it kind of disappeared off of any of the reports he would have looked at because he mm-hmm. categorized it wrong. And it's just such a simple mistake, but. I don't think anyone out there listening to the podcast is willing to throw away a forty, fifty thousand dollar expense. I know I wouldn't. It's huge. So you will have cases like that where it's worth paying someone just because they get every single expense in there. Um, and most of the time, unless your accountant is charging like a lot, a lot, you'll probably break even on just the things that you would have missed that would have disappeared off your tax return because. You know, no one knew about it. You'll probably break even there. And then you do get the, you know, intel the rest of the year because you're looking at your own reports, which in and of itself does help. Well, and that's why I asked the question because in my, I, I, like a lot of small business owners, I did all my own bookkeeping in the beginning and same thing. Mm-hmm. I always owed every year, owed a lot and I couldn't figure out why I owed because I was kind of the same way. I thought I was making money and I eventually broke mm-hmm. down. And I remember my wife telling me, she was like, you know, you, you, you're just not very good at this. <laughs> you know? You're just not, you don't have time for it. You know, you're a great, you're great at, at training. You're great at developing people. You're great at, at being a leader and driving the bottom line business, but you just kind of suck at accounting. And, mm-hmm. and I did, I was doing the payroll and then obviously every month, you know, got to do payroll taxes and, and I had spreadsheets coming out of my ears. And that's time consuming. Yeah. Payroll is incredibly okay. time consuming. Yes, that's every week you got to cut the checks, and then you know once a month you got to send you know the money to the state and to the government and all that fun stuff. Then you got to do the sales tax that you got to send in to the to the parish or county mm-hmm. depending on where you live and the state. So I mean, it literally felt like I was spending two weeks a month just doing payroll and taxes. 
Um, yeah. And so I, I hired a service, like you said, and it was it's really not as expensive as people think. You know, a lot of people think accountant or CPA or whatever, and they just automatically think, oh, it's going to cost me a ton of money. But when I looked at the time I was spending just doing yeah. those couple of things like we talked about, I, it was it was pennies. You know, it was like a yeah. freedom that I had not yeah. that had not previously had. Uh, yeah. And then if you oh, mm-hmm. go ahead. If you compare the amount of time you spend on accounting and like really think about how much time you spend, because everyone kind of underestimates it, sit down and time out how long you're spending on your accounting and then multiply that by whatever hourly rate you bill out or you think you're worth or whatever. More often than not, it's worth hiring someone else. And even if it'd be cheaper to do it yourself, think about all the headache, the potential mistakes. You know, the Saturdays you spend the entire day trying to fix some stupid mistake in some software. You want to rip all your hair out. You know, you can make it someone else's problem. And it's, you know, it's not the cheapest thing in the world, but it's relatively affordable compared to the alternative. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And I said, so that's why that's why I asked that question. Like I said, I could answer the question for you. I already kind of knew the answer. It's definitely yes. The money, the mm-hmm. money and the time, like you said, you figure out what, what is your time worth? You know, if it's 10 bucks an hour, 20 bucks an hour, 100 bucks an hour, it, you know, it's it's pennies. It literally is pennies. But what I really liked about it was I'd done all, you know, the time, I just literally overnight, I was able to do so much more in my business. I was able to work on my yeah. business instead of working in my business. And my, my bottom line and my time, you know, instantly started to grow. But what I really liked about it is after a, a couple of months, my accountant came to me with his, this big folder. I mean, it was a huge folder. And he said, here's your, your, you know, quarterly statement. And I was like, what is this? And he said, what's your quarterly statement? I'm like, well, what are you talking about? And he had it, and I'm sure you provided a similar service, broken down by every SKU and item because I gave him a ton of data. And, and then mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't tracking this data at that time, but he asked for it. I sent it to him and he started tracking. I started looking at where I was making money and where I wasn't making money, what things were actually costing you money. And, and he talked about that, you know, that revenue and that profit. It's, you'd be surprised at what things you're either time-wise engaging in or products that you're carrying in or services that simply actually not not only not making you money, but are costing you money. Have you seen a lot of that? Definitely, definitely. I see it all the time. You know, sometimes you know? we have to have the item just because a good customer wants it. All right. But sometimes holding inventory that you're never really selling, or providing a service that wastes your time, it, it comes back and gets you. You know, and it happens more often than not, especially when people aren't doing their accounting, aren't looking at it. They don't see it because they only think about the stress they have providing that particular service. And they're like, well, it is a lot of stress, so I must be doing a lot of it. Meanwhile, it's like 3% of their time is on this one service. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, I, and just I, I was in the wireless industry at that time, and I had an inside and an outside sales team, and I had multiple retail locations. And what I quickly realized, I thought I was spending a lot of money on the outside sales team because I paid them a little bit more. And so mm-hmm. I, I really wasn't focused on that particular aspect of the business. I was doing traditional retail because that's kind of where I grew up at and uh, cut my teeth on. And I quickly realized, and it, again, looking back now, it just seems like, duh, like common sense. You know, you got this building <laughs> you're paying rent on and I'm hating cool. But I, I realized that I had a huge profit center out in the outside sales team that I really wasn't effectively utilizing and so i kind of doubled down mm-hmm. on that and started going after government accounts and really going big on the outside sales force and um i ended up actually having more outside sales people than I had inside sales people and 
huge difference in my profits, huge difference in my revenue, huge difference in my bottom line. And it all came about simply because of my wife told me I sucked at accounting. And mm-hmm. she could tell I was getting, you know, stressing myself out, pulling my hair out about it. And I started, and then, and that led to obviously getting that, that quarterly report. And that was just eye opening, you know, and now, yeah. of course, we, you know, we've got data at our fingertips. And I hate to say it, and you, you probably can speak to this. We have more data than we've ever had before, but I think we use it even less or we don't use it effectively. Yeah. Despite the fact that we've got more of it, you know, I think so, it's, you know, a misunderstanding of what accounting is. Like you're saying with your examples right now, even back then, you had so much data about you know, which sales team was making money, which items weren't making money. And that data is in your business, in the accounting. It's not just, I mean, not to harp on the same thing, but it's not just doing your bookkeeping for taxes. All that data is hidden in there and you can find it in there. Yeah. So, so let's just say, um, yeah, what, what other things would you suggest that, you know, business owners, whether they're new or, or established, and maybe we can talk about established business because those, those type of problems are very different. But what, what type of other, um, suggestions would you recommend small business owners do to continue to keep an eye on that revenue and that profit? Uh, to keep an eye on profit, I think you also got to keep an eye on the other side of the equation. So profit is revenue minus expenses, and everyone likes to focus on the revenue because it's, you know, a, a great number. But like the saying goes, it's just vanity. You know, it's it's nice to look at, it's nice to think about, but it doesn't really tell you much. There are the expenses on the other side, and you can have a business where the expenses overwhelm your revenue. So it's also important to check in on your expenses and make sure they're not out of control. Like I think we all have some sort of video streaming service that we're subscribed to that we don't use. You know, there's like 20 of them, Netflix, Hulu, whatever. But the same goes for businesses. Now there's so many different softwares you may have. If you're not making use of it, you could be spending anywhere from like 30 bucks to a few hundred bucks a month. And that's coming right out of your profit. And that profit is coming out of your pocket. That's money you could have in your pocket that you could spend on things you want to spend instead of some software, some expense you're not actually using. Good point. And I think um, it's easy when you have a business to really let expenses get out of hand, you know, especially yeah. if you don't you don't have an eye on it. And obviously, we talk a lot about creating budgets and drawing hard lines on those budgets. And if you can't operate on your budget, then you need to figure out what you're doing wrong. Right. So let's talk about that a little bit. What, what's, what type of tips or things have you seen in the past? You know, just whatever you can pick an industry or you can just be generic, but you know, that you've seen effectively, what's a, what's a good methodology? That's what I should say for reducing expenses. A good way to do it is just to periodically look at it. You know, some business owners have a totally hands-off approach to their accounting and everything. And because of that, they don't really take a look at it until that once a year time when they do it all for the IRS. But just to once a month skim your statement. It's a good practice. You know, it helps you also, you know, check if anyone's stolen your identity or someone's misusing your card. You know, just go through and check it. Do you use every expense you have on that? Is it possible Can you get rid of one? And I'm not saying, you know, fire an entire marketing department. Just saying look for things that, you know, really aren't used. And you'll know when you see it because you'll think, what software is that? Where do I have that inventory? <laughs> All right. And you should fire the marketing department. I want to just 
chime in on that. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> um, and, and that's a good, that's a great tip. It, it sounds simplistic. Check it once a month. But I, again, even with the, and my business is fairly simple with, with consulting. Um, but I'm guilty even today, even though I'm sitting here giving advice to that. I do not check my credit card or my bank statement every month and look at those expenses. I am super guilty of it. I need to drink my own Kool-Aid. Um, mm-hmm. but that's just a, a tip number one. And it sounds again, common sense. Check your statement and look at each line item. It might be a hundred items on there, but it takes 10, 15 minutes to say, yes, I need that. Yes, I need that. Yes, I need that. You know, yeah. I'm using a dial-in service and we talked about this actually, I guess last week, you know, getting ready for this call is, you know, I'm, I've, I'm still paying a subscription to a, a, a webinar service. We won't name who it is that I really do not use that often for whatever reason, you know, it just doesn't work very well. That's an, you know, it sounds, you know, it's 20 mm-hmm. bucks a month, but it, it adds up at the end of the year. It's three, $400, you know, um, yeah. those, those are all little things. And if you've got five or six of those, like you said, things that you're mm-hmm. buying that you don't need, whether it be a service that comes in and changes the, you know, the soap dispenser, like, you know, some, some place or the, the, the yeah. rugs out front, um, that adds up if you've got five of those different types of services. And those are things that can be thousands of dollars at the end of the year that you could hire a new person or, you know, develop, you know, put some money into leadership development in your team or whatever. Um, or even just awesome. shop around the service, check other prices. Maybe, you know, they keep raising your price every single year. You know, it's always good to shop around your insurance. We do it for car insurance. You do it for your business stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we, we as humans, we, we look at, we look at the big stuff like car insurance. You kind of brought that up. You know, if it's something that's three, four hundred dollars a month, we'll shop around to save mm-hmm. that fifty, sixty bucks. But we forget about the ten things that we have that we're paying two or three dollars too much a month on, right? Yeah. And I think we stick with those services because it's just easy. It's easier not to change, you know. And we can get into a whole. Obviously, I have a background yeah. in psychology. Uh, we can get into a whole conversation about why people don't change or they're resistant to change. But those little things are things that we should be looking at. Because they, they hit your bottom line, correct? Yeah. It's a death by a thousand cuts. You know, it's not going to be one big thing. It's just so many little things add up and you can't outsell them sometimes. Sometimes you have to tackle the expense side of it, not the revenue side of it. Well, and that's something that a lot of businesses, I don't think, small business owners, especially new, you know, green, inexperienced entrepreneurs, they don't look at the business that way. And I know I did, and I can, I can be honest about that. We always, and even, even when I worked for other organizations, it was all revenue, revenue. They want to talk about driving revenue and sales because that's mm-hmm. what we thought we could sell our, we could sell our way out of the problem. Right. And yeah. sometimes you can just cut a few things that you don't really, really need. And I'm not talking about head counter people, but you can just mm-hmm. cut some things out and that dramatically overnight, like I said, the marketing department, um, <laughs> you can cut some of those <laughs> things out. Um, and people, they think, you know, I can market my way out. I can sell my way out. But sometimes the marketing is not your problem. If you sent, and I used an example a while back on another podcast, if you send 5,000 more people to your door tomorrow, right? If you, you spend that money and you spend the marketing, but you don't have the leadership or the pricing in place that makes you profitable, you could actually be driving yeah. yourself faster down the track to failure yeah. than fighting your way to success. Um, and that's, it's, it's, it's a, it's a game. It's like, it's, it's, it's two sides of the, uh, the right hand and the left hand, you know, it's, uh, or it's two sides of the same coin. Use whatever metaphor you want. Uh, expenses and profit, you, you gotta really keep an eye on both, not just one, correct? Yeah. Yeah. 
And sometimes if your business is struggling, I know it's easy to get stuck in this mindset of, you know, selling, selling, selling. You see it online a lot, all these gurus saying, you know, I'll get you new clients. I'll help you sell more. But sometimes if your business is struggling, it's better to take a step back and just really evaluate things and see what is the problem. Is it that I don't have enough clients? Because some businesses have that problem. They're just starting out. They don't have enough clients. But for more established businesses, that's not always the problem. Very true. And it's funny you said that because that's, that's actually kind of where I, I the example I just gave you a minute ago is I did a talk a, a while back uh, here recently about uh, why businesses fail. And that's one of the things that I, I talked about was the gurus. You get on Facebook or whatever social media and you see a guru every, you know, three posts yeah. trying to tell you how they can send you more customers. And, and I always advise people to be wary about that because, again, you know, if you spend five or $10,000 on that, external marketing team, you know, let's say they actually do what they say they're going to do and they send you all those customers. Are you ready for those customers or all those sales? And generating more sales doesn't always generate more profit. Uh, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it actually costs you money, um, you know, because let's say you get 500 more units sold a month, but what did it cost you to sell those 500 more units? Did you have to open up a new facility? Did you have to bring on more headcount? And believe it or not, mm-hmm. if, like I said, if you're not looking at that P&L very, very closely, selling more could actually cost you money versus making you money. Yeah. And it sounds sounds yeah. stupid, but it happens all the time. And that's why a lot of big businesses and small businesses fail, I think, that they just they don't keep an eye on that P&L line item by line yeah. item. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they think I'm selling also, more, I'm making more. Yeah. Like, the what? thing is, even if you're if you're selling a widget and you know you make a specific profit on that, You know, what happens when you add the expenses you didn't have, like the marketing team, the new facility, the new people? When that widget was, you know, profitable, you didn't calculate those things in. It's possible you're making one or two dollars on each thing, but you've outlaid so much money keeping up with it that it's now become unprofitable. Yeah, and that's when you sometimes have to decide, do we keep, you know, do we maybe change, you know, pivot to another product or a new category? So we talked a little Mm -hmm. bit about you know, obviously you want to have a P&L and you want to review that consistently, whether you're doing it yourself or you have an external team or an accountant or a consultant. Uh, and again, I, I'm just going to tell you, I recommend, uh, by all means, h- hiring a great accountant. They're worth their weight in gold. And I know we talked about this on a previous call, but they are, mm-hmm. I could tell you some horror stories. I know I've told them to you. I'm not going to get into it here on the podcast, but a good account will save you some money. It'll save you some stress and headaches. So one, get a good, a, get a good accountant. Watch that P&L. Check it on a monthly basis, line item by line item. Don't just focus on focus on profit, profit, excuse me, but also focus on the expense side. That's how you keep that revenue going. That's how you keep your business going. That's how you stay profitable. What other things, mm-hmm. uh, as we start to wrap up, would you recommend for our listeners, small business owner-wise, what else would you recommend that they in, engage in or start to engage in from a uh, small business perspective? Yeah. Yeah, you have any staying on this topic, I would say don't make it more complicated than it has to be. Sometimes as business owners, we explain topics we don't know as being, oh, that's so, so complicated. But it doesn't have to be more complicated than that. Just look at the profit and loss once a month, five, ten minutes. And at first, it looks like it's all Greek. You don't understand it. But you'll notice things after time. You know, look at your credit card and bank statements once a month, five, ten minutes. You may not notice the things at first, but over time, you'll start seeing them. 
once you start making it more complicated, you start you know, looking for systems that you don't really need. You start psyching yourself out of doing it. You make it seem like I could never do this. And when really everyone, you know, listening to this podcast right now could definitely take 20 minutes a month to look at these things. It doesn't matter if you have a math background, accounting background, anything. Just do it and it'll help as time goes on. Just do it. That's that's the best advice. <laughs> just yeah. do it. We we like to procrastinate. Let's be honest. And uh, mm. accounting's not fun. I have to say, I, I have always, except the last few years, but because I did my own taxes for all those years, I waited the last minute to do it because I always owed. So it became a a pain point for me. And even when mm-hmm. I hired an accountant, I still waited to the last minute to send him the stuff. Because it was still a pain point. It's just, you know, you get in that habit, that history, you teach yourself certain behaviors. Uh, so I think that's the key is, you know, take action today. If you don't have an accountant, find one or reach out to Michael, obviously, because uh, you, you mm-hmm. work across every state. Base. I know you're based on the East Coast, but you, you have clients yeah. all across the country, correct? Yeah. And of, of all sizes, not, not just big, but you, you do small, medium, large size businesses, correct? Uh, it depends on your definition of it. Uh, t- I guess the actual definition, they're all small businesses, typically under, you know, $10, 15000000 million gross, which to some of us sounds like a huge business, but, you know, the statistics of it all, I guess we're all small. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and I think, I think, we're, yeah, I agree with you. We're all small. The, the, uh, even the government, um, believes that, you know, 53, I think it's 53% last time I checked of all People employed in the United States are employed by a small business of some sort. Yeah. Um, and then I think 98% of that number is employed with 10 or less employees. So, uh, yeah, I didn't like a lot of our economy runs off small businesses. Um, but I, I do believe that, you know, getting back to the point that you got to have a, a good accountant. So the first thing, you know, take, take some action, find you someone, mm-hmm. you know, and like you said, it, it's not as expensive as you think it is. Um, Freeze up a ton of your time, lets you focus on what you're good at, and let someone else, you know, do that grunt work and just send you the report. And then, you know, you can dig into it or like I'm sure you do, you, you probably highlight some, some things that they need to really focus on and pay attention to. Uh, it just makes it easy. Yeah. You know, it's easy, saves you money, and hopefully at the end of the day, helps you figure out where you need to put your focus and where you don't need to put your focus, you know? Yeah. Um, as we start to wrap up, is there anything else that we may have that you, I know we, we had a lot of things we talked about in our pre-conversation. I definitely want to have you back on the show to talk about what small business owners need to do to retire. Cause that's a, that's a huge, a huge thing that no one's talking about is small business owners. Yeah. I mean, they, they work, they work all their, they work all their lives and they, they retire broke. And that's, you know, not everybody, right? There's always that one or two outliers, but a lot of them retire and they're just about broke. I hate to say it. So I definitely want to have you back yeah. on the show to talk about that. But outside of that, what else would you like to talk to our, our listeners or pass on our listeners today before we go? Um, all right. Uh, oh, we, we hit it off. Oh, we, I got, oh, we hit I, it I off. got one thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about finding accountants, you know, and some people may not know where to start. If you don't have an accountant, you don't know where to find an accountant, you should start by a, asking your friends and family who they use if they like them. B, asking colleagues in your industry if they like their accountant, if they help with business. And C, Googling. Just look around. And then you don't have to go with the first accountant you find. You don't even have to go with me. 
you know, ask a few accountants, see if they're a good fit for you, see if they will provide the services you want to provide. You know, it's a bit of a scary thing at first, but go and talk to some people and you'll eventually find someone that's a really good fit for your business and can really help you. Excellent words of wisdom, excellent advice. Michael, if people want to reach out to you or follow you uh, or just connect with you, what's a good place to, to find you at? So right now you can either find me on LinkedIn or you can find me on my website, exteenadvisory.com. Exteenadvisory.com. And I'll make sure I'll put all that in the show notes. So if you want to reach yeah, out to Michael, by all stuff. means. Right, yeah. Um, and I even asked you because, you know, I'm in the South here, obviously, if you can tell by my, my accent. So we pronounce yeah. things a little different to begin with. Um, but also, I'll make sure I put those in the show notes. If anyone wants to hunt you down, they can reach out to you, connect with you, follow you, et cetera. Uh, Michael, it was a, a pleasure having you today. I thank you for coming. I think you had a lot of great golden nuggets in there. Um, I can't say again, thank you for ha- thank you for being on the show today, Michael. Thank you for having me, and I appreciate the audience listening to me this whole time, too. Awesome. And we're definitely going to have you back, because I do want to talk about what small business owners need to start focusing on and doing when it comes to planning for retirement and the things that they need to look out for. So awesome. And to our listeners, I hope that you learned at least one thing that will help take you to the next level. Hey, thanks for listening today. For more episodes, make sure to click the subscribe button below and check out our blog for other impactful information that might be of interest to you at vizanaconsulting.com forward slash blog. That's Vizana, V as in victory, E-Z-I-N-A, consulting.com slash blog. If you have a question or would like to suggest a topic for a future episode, you can email us at podcast at vizanaconsulting.com. That's podcast at vizanaconsulting.com. I'm your host, Ben Vizanaw, and I'll see you next time on the Next Level Leadership Small Business Owner Show.